Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast. My guest today is Kate Sainor. Hi, Kate. Hello. How are you? I am good. It's Monday. Monday can be a good day. <laughs> yes. Start the week off in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so brilliant. Thanks very much for your time. It's uh, it's good to A, meet you and B, um, be able to, to get you on here and and pick your brains as a, as a, a fellow winner of the PT of the year. Yeah. It's uh, I've spoken to a, a couple of others who have um, who have achieved the same thing. It's a, a great accolade to to have under your belt and one that um, I guess you must be pretty proud of. I am. It was good. It was um, it was kind of like nice for somebody to kind of say, yeah, you're kind of doing what you should be doing. And that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Last am I going to reply again? And it's a lot of work. And I I kind of feel, well, I could, but is that like going, oh, am I still good enough? Do, do uh, I need someone else to tell me that? So I don't know, <laughs> but it, it was a really good experience. I highly recommend going for those things because you learn so much about yourself and you find yourself picking up on bits that you go, oh, I could probably just improve on that bit. Mm. Maybe just kind of up that area a notch. So it was really worthwhile. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> that was my next question. So you've, you've answered... <laughs> <laughs> you've answered both of them in one. So thank you. Perfect. Oh, saving, saving me talking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think people should definitely put themselves through it. It's a it's a great process to uh, to experience. And yes, you you're right. You learn a lot about yourself, but also it's a bit of an audit as well, isn't yes, it? Exactly that. And I, yeah. I found some of the things really useful that were jobs on my to do list that I was like, you know what, that's the motivation I needed to get it done. And yes. then it becomes a bit of a streamlined part of your business. So yes. it, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, 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 brilliant. So um, so where are you based? Your business is My Rehab Fitness. It is. It was sort of two businesses. It's My Rehab Fitness is my personal training business because mm-hmm. I deal with, um, I think when I think about my clients, they're mostly between 30 and 75. And they've most of them have got something that we need to work around or work with, depending on where they are and how bad it is. Mm. Um, so that's the PT side of things. And I've, I've toyed with, do I expand that up into group PT? You know, that whole, uh, you know, four to one person, mm. I probably mm. need a bigger space. But um, I like the intimacy of one to one. I like really getting to know them and the motivators. So um, the other part of the business is Strong Fit Women Online. And that's my online group stuff that allowed me to train, strength train the women that were in my Pilates classes that wanted to like, do you do strength training classes? Yeah. And I had no time in the evenings because I'd had two young kiddies and there were no spots yeah. in PT. So I just started that at either end of the day where I did have a spot that I could do from home. So those oh. are kind of the two parts of the business, I suppose. Brilliant. Yeah, good. Mm. And um, and I see you're into your water sports as well. Yes, um, wakeboarding. And yeah. that's my wakeboard yes. that I need to be out on more. There's a lot uh, of face dancing and I do video those bits and, and people are like, oh, it's good to hear, you know, that you're not actually really that great. At it. <laughs> no, I'm not at all. <laughs> um, it's, it's um, I think I saw a photo of you. You, I think it was Facebook or somewhere where you were, you were at the garage filling up and uh, 
you know the the, the boat was there i was like oh, okay you're proper proper water you know when you've got a boat like that that's proper yeah water that's sports. the race you thing. obviously yeah. you obviously you've been doing it a while and you, you know you're not dabbling <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean we're, we are sort of very watery people we're based yeah. on the north shore in auckland so yeah. um i mean i've been on the water all my life at um my first world championships was the sailing world championships ah. i actually represented great britain at in the yeah. thingies um, I used to live in Dubai and so oh. I used to sail through the week at the weekend, yeah. um, scuba dive, got my powerboat course. So I know how to drive boats. I'm yeah. no expert, but I, I'm comfortable, you know, towing people for wakeboarding and right. the, all that kind of stuff. So uh, and my husband's a boat builder and a boat ah. engineer. So we've kind of, you know, it makes it easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because what yeah. is it they say with boats, um, you know, B-O-A-T, bring on another thousand, you know. <laughs> Luckily, where he's in the right business. So it just, you know, we're like, we've got the kids, we buy them enough toys. How about something for the grown-ups? Absolutely. And, you and know, they'll, they'll, they'll probably, if they if they like that stuff, they'll um, they'll start doing it themselves as well and join in, right? Yeah, well, my kids do. We've had um, the, the kiddie little whiteboard and they see yeah. it, you know, it's yeah. good for them to see that kind of stuff. But um, I find as adults, and I talk to my clients a lot about this, that the we get nervous of our bodies and, mm. and the reason the one of the messages that I always do with my clients is about building a body that is strong enough and fit enough so that when someone says hey do you want to come and yes. you know go wakeboarding or do you want to go rock climbing yeah. or do you want to go for a trek you don't have to think about whether your body is strong enough you yeah. can just go do I want to yes um yeah. so that's one of the the things that we get to do and and by going wakeboarding it's a skill that I am not very good at uh, and so it challenges me and it makes you forget everything else. You know, I used to do Olympic weightlifting um, and that was my kind of lose myself moment. Mm -hmm. And now I've done that. I've moved on to something else. So it gives me that same feeling that I used to like. Yes. Yes. You obviously like a bit of competition, having sailed and and lifted some heavy stuff in um, yeah. in serious competition. So if my, my notes are correct. You were at the Commonwealth Games three times. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So yeah. uh, women were first allowed to compete in Olympic weightlifting in 2002. Before that, right. it was only men. So that was my first Commonwealth Games. And then I did uh, Manchester. No, that was Manchester. Then I did Melbourne yeah. in 2006. Mm. Um, and then I did Delhi for New Zealand in 2010. And that's when I retired. Okay, um, wow. Which was Some... nine years this month, actually. Yeah. All right, congrats. Yeah. Um, what, what did you learn through that process? Obviously, you've been able to incorporate some of that into your business in terms of, uh, you know, the skills that you bring from that. Yeah, I mean, my two main passions are lifting weights and Pilates. And I, I kind of had both going. The Pilates is a sort of an injury prevention mechanism. And just, you know, even just once a week, it's such a great form of complementary exercise. And mm -hmm. um, I do find a lot of Pilates instructors are just that way. And I think people find it really unusual, the mix of that mm -hmm. kind of real raw, the gyms I used to train in were spit and sawdust gyms. Yep. I might be the only girl in there. Yep. There was a lot of bad languages. They were not pretty. <laughs> Um, and Pilates, you know, they, they're kind of opposites in some ways, but they really complement each other. So um, I forgot what your question was. Uh, I guess the learning that's come from you know, being oh, yeah. a, a competitor and, you know, the skills. For me, um, I did actually did a blog article on it uh, years ago. I don't have yeah. many. I don't think I've even got a blog page on my website anymore. And it was about how weightlifting for me is not a sport it's a personality and it right. really was that it 
was one of the things it did when you I became really good at it was it meant that it gave me confidence in other things it was mm. it's okay to try and not fail because hey I'm really good at weightlifting mm. which was quite nice mm. but the discipline and that mental challenge of when you don't feel like training but you need to is how are you going to make this work for you um yeah. The mindset about being calm off the platform, but revving yourself up when you needed to on the platform. Mm. Uh, and even now, it, it sort of we did a bit of mindset coaching and uh, with a sports psychologist, and it was about lowering the heart rate. But then, as soon as my foot touched the platform, mm. we measured my heart rate went up by ten beats, just right. like that, and right. that kind of training. But some of the training that has transferred into client stuff that I do I do a lot of that resilience coaching mm. the okay you're going to train it's not a case of am I going to train am I not going to train it's how are we going to train today if you're tired what are the signs you're going to look for so you don't risk injury mm. which was something I learned when I was weightlifting right. um, and if I do see those signs what am I going to do and what's the goal of the session? So, for example, all the time people, most of my clients, they struggle with busyness and tiredness. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, can you give me 10 minutes? What are we going to do with that 10 minutes? Uh, these are the, I'm thinking some of the ladies that are on, on my online group. Yeah. Uh, and making the goal not about having the highest heart rate. It, can I increase my range of movement in this mm. particular session? So I don't have to lift heavy mm. and I don't have to go hard, but I'm still doing something really positive. Yeah. And I think that's one thing sport teaches you is to pick out mm. those bits to make every session a bit of a win mm. as you go through so that you stay motivated. You don't beat yourself up too much. I like that. That's great. You can, you've got options there based on how you're coming into the session. And uh, there's always kind of a positive feeling coming out. You get that dopamine hit. Yeah. And yeah. we crave that, don't we? Yeah. We need to make that. I remember reading something about the um, the those that can maintain consistency. It's the, re the immediate rewards. Telling somebody that in six months time, they're going to look a bit better and they're going to deadlift 100 kilos mm. or whatever it mm. is. That's kind of nice to get you in the gym. But when you're there, sometimes it's a little bit too far away so being yeah, like well yeah, you know yeah. you're going to feel really chuffed with yourself and how are you going to feel afterwards and mm, mm, are you going to mm. sleep better are you going to be able to tell your mates what you did in your session whatever it is yeah. depending on the person yeah yeah absolutely it's good it's a great way of framing it um i'm really curious about some of the the, the rehab stuff you do and uh, it kind of makes sense in your website in terms of the process that you follow and, and the, the yeah. phrase that sort of stood out for me was this um stability muscle activation via tubing so can you kind of give us a bit of background into how that fits in and what it is yeah so um I th to be honest most of of the PT you'll have seen it before it's probably just a fancy term and, and that's the other thing I try and get rid of in the fitness industry is I think um as PTs, yeah we like to try and impress with some jargon I tend yeah. to use really layman's words and you know as much as possible so that if somebody else some of my clients want to repeat it to their friends their friends would understand yes, it yes yes um, yes so it's really just a fancy way of using resistance bands to help you stabilize better yeah. to so for example when you do a glute bridge the knees might wobble mm. You stick a resistance band around the thighs, they've got something to press against. And it, mm. not only that, it sends the, a message from the brain to the area you're trying to focus on about where they need to be. Yep. So okay. um, I got a little bit of tubing. So I do, um, uh, I had a guy who'd had a knee, a knee replacement. So we did some range of movement stuff and we needed to get his range big enough so that he could climb into his car, which because he does um, 
what do you call it? Like racing. Yeah. And he's got a roll cage. So he has ah. to get into that. And he also yes. had a motorbike. So we almost kind of got him on there with his good leg. And it was like, okay, this is our target. Mm. Uh, and so we had to do some front foot elevated lunges. So imagine a stationary lunge, but you've got a little bit more travel forward until the yep. knee is in line with the toe and then yep. drop down to it. So just load up the thigh a bit more. Mm. Um, we started with it really high to, to minimize the load. And as he got stronger, we slowly took it down. Yeah. Now, to keep his knee stable, we used a resistance band, or I've got a little bit of tubing, yep. and just pulled the knee across his body so that yep. he had to work hard to pull it out to uh. keep alignment. And, and sometimes when it's um not a chronic thing just a small niggle that only happens when they do particular exercises mm. you can use bands and things to stabilize the shoulder and the knees and it can just take away the pain like that brilliant brilliant yeah and it's um i guess reinforcing that that neural um pathway isn't it in terms of like you said it helps the brain connect to just send the right signal the right instruction as part of the the bigger movement yeah, yes. And um, it's really important as part of uh, one of the things we do with the rehab course I did was um, go through a really thorough screening process. And people yeah. ask me and I think clients maybe expect a bit too much sometimes of where I'm at with the skills of that. And I'll be like, if it's if you're struggling with something day to day, that's physio stuff mm, head over mm, to a physio mm. pts you know we follow on from physios yeah, or we yeah. supply the strength training program to complement what they do mm. um and i suppose i'm kind of the a, a go between the physios here your, your average um health and fitness instructor and i'm sort of maybe a little bit mm, bridging mm, that gap yeah, uh, and that's what yeah. the course teaches you that's um, brilliant do you um do you recommend something like that is it was it a good course is it somewhere you'd send other people yeah, I do. It was a really, really good course. Um, I think it was helped by the fact that uh, the Pilates training I do, the work as an athlete saw me go through a lot of physio appointments myself, mm. um, but also go along to physios with um, physio appointments with some of my training buddies. So I had a lot of contact. So the, the concept of it wasn't new, but yeah. it really helped. And I'd also sort of helped develop some courses with the training provider in the UK on back ah, care and yeah. um, things like that. So it sort of fitted where I was. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, I think everybody who was on the course found it really helpful because most people have got a few aches and pains these days and it's yeah. knowing when to work around them and when's the ones you can work with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is that is that something that's is it in person in New Zealand or is it online because it's in the UK? Uh, no, it was actually a course with the rehab trainer um, yeah. in Australia. So oh, yeah. I did here, it was a two day course um, yeah. and I've done some sort of further training with them as well. Mm, um, mm. I think they do do some online options. Okay. Um, yeah, I think mm. it was really good. And if, you know, people don't go through that, then they can start going along to physio appointments with their clients to get a feel. I often yes. do that as a bit of a way of upskilling. Mm. Um, and it means that then you get that conversation with the PT, uh, with the physio going as well. Definitely. It builds that relationship. But it shows that you care as well, doesn't it? The fact that you yeah. want to be there and assist. Yeah. 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 It's good. So talked about muscle stability or body stability. How about business stability? You you mentioned that before, and that's something that I guess is probably a really useful thing to talk about today. Mm. Um, you you've structured your business in a in a particular way that um, I guess helps you uh, minimise the, the the lows with cancellations and all those sorts of things. You've got your online stuff going. What um, what things have you done that's helped you? I guess improve that business stability over the years. 
Uh, firstly, and it is really important um, because, you know, you do, I, when I used to work as a gym manager, you'd see a lot of PTs come through and, you know, they'd give themselves a year and then everything yeah. would have stopped and then they can't pick up the client bases. And, and then they're like, you know, what, I'm going to go back and do something else now. And it's such a shame because yeah. so many of them would have been really great PTs. Mm. Um, for me, I always kept a part time job at the same time. So oh. I kept that within the fitness industry. So initially I was. Um, just helping with distance learning for a company in the UK, the training provider yeah. I was, yeah. I ended up working for, uh, and just did distance learning support 20 hours a week and then PT'd around that. Yeah. And then I did some tutoring for them, teaching and assessing PT courses. Mm. And so that would give you, a, you know, a bit of a base level income. Yeah. And then you'd work out what, how many um, clients can I fit in? You know, for each client that I take now, it takes me 45 minutes for a session, but I block out in my diary the equivalent of an hour and a half because right. of the programming, the, yeah. the contact. Um, I, I sort of deal with packages yeah. rather than single sessions. So yeah. it's, it's everything. And if they might need something, I might be analyzing a food diary or what have you. So mm. I know if I've got 20 hours a week left, mm. how many PT clients I can put in. Sure. So that was one thing. And then um, as the business grew and I wanted to leave the UK company, because uh, I still worked for them when I was out here doing their mm. e-learning, mm. I set up my online group, Strong Fit Women, and had a goal income to replace that. So that right. now gives me a steady income because if yeah. one person cancels, um, you know, it's $40 that month. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. massive. Sure. My Pilates classes that I run as well, they pay in blocks per term. So I know that that's given me a bit of a, sta a stability so that then the fluctuations in PT don't have quite such a big impact mm. on my income. Mm. Mm. Um, okay. And things like just monitoring your numbers. I know that 20% of clients are, are going to cancel each week. Yeah. So I'll right. book in um, a few extra and occasionally have a really busy week. Yeah. Um, but it means that then I know what my good weeks are and what my um yeah, what my busy weeks are and then what my quiet weeks are gonna be at the most. Yes. Yeah, yeah, smart. And I guess um having money coming from different parts of the business is good as you know, that helps sort of spread the the risk. You haven't got too many eggs in one basket. Um yeah. and that's a good model. <laughs> So you, you do the package thing as well. So if someone comes on as um, as an individual client, do does that package have a, a time frame as well? So most people book with me for 10 or 12 weeks right. and they pay up front for that. Um, and I've spoken to a few people recently who just wanted advice about what well, they, they wanted to book with me, but I've got a bit of a waiting list at the moment, which is lovely. Yeah. Mm. Um but I said, you know, it's going to be a good six months before you can start. It'd be a bit of a mm. shame for you to lose that motivation. So here, if you're going to look for a PT, these are the things to look for. And I yeah. said, if they don't offer um, a block booking, ask them, can I pay you for six yes. weeks? Because once you start that, if you've paid up front for at least six weeks, you're going to be committed. Mm. You're not going to have that question every week. Oh, is this really working? Is it not? And Because you yeah. need at least six weeks to, to give them a chance totally. to do their yeah. job. So I would always recommend that clients with me pay up front for that for their mm. benefit as much as the stability of my income. Um, 
and people are happy to and yeah. as long as you outline what they're going to get uh, and for me they get their programming it's not just a single session uh, they get in between session support they get the program tweaks um, they get extra behavior change coaching resources if they need it so it's pretty much yeah. yes what do you want to achieve this is how long you need by the end of that 10 to 12 weeks, hopefully I've taught them enough that they don't need me. But if they want me after that, they can rebook and most sure. people, you know, will stay six months to 12 months. Great. Fantastic. That's really what you want, isn't it? You know, retention rather than having to, to re-recruit absolutely everybody each time. Yeah. Yeah. And having a waiting list is really helpful when people come in. You know, I always if I'm full, I'll always still take the time to have that conversation with people, if nothing else, to give them a, a next step. Mm, um, yeah. Some of them will jump into my online group as a way to keep moving oh, yeah. until they can get a one to one spot with me. Yeah. Um, and I'll ask them on the phone, you know, are you, would you be prepared to jump into a cancellation? So on a Thursday each week, I'll see who's away for business or yeah. who's not been well, and then quickly phone around and fill those spots. Cool. Um, okay. Which is great because it means mm. you get a bit of a head start and you get a feel about whether that person's going to want to hang about for that spot mm. when one mm. comes up. Mm. Mm. I think that paying up front thing is such a powerful thing because, um, like you say, there's, there's, there's a commitment uh, mentally, but there's also commitment financially, which kind of reinforces the decision. Whereas if it's, as you say, week to week, it's like, eh, may not, you know, if you're not quite feeling enthused enough as, as much as you were the previous week, then it's so much easier to back out and, and, and yeah. have one foot in, one foot out. I agree. I totally agree. It's mm. a good move. And I, I think that's probably one that uh, I'll be putting in the show notes as a, as a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we you touched briefly on niche and how, you know, this seems to be the thing that everybody gets told to do, but isn't necessarily the right thing to do straight away. What what would be your, uh, I guess, guidance for those new people that might be just starting out and not knowing exactly who to work with or how to do it? Yeah, it's funny. A lot of, like you say, people are saying, find your niche, market to your mm. niche. And, and I actually think the complete opposite when you first start. Train anybody that will have you. Yeah. Um, learn from them and see it as a bit of a collaborative relationship. I would say to people when I'm working, I know exercises, you know you. Don't let me push you into something that doesn't feel right. Speak up. I yeah. can tell you if your body's up for it and if you just need to toughen up. But tell <laughs> me, um, because I can just give you something else. There's too many exercises in the world for people to be spending too long doing stuff that just doesn't work. Absolutely. Um, so the niche-wise, um, get to know different bodies. You might find that the people that you thought you wanted to train are not really the ones that you're best suited to. Mm, um, mm. And the skills will develop that way. So when I first started, um, I spent a lot of time just working with people that were kind of like me. And I think that's often a lot of the time where people do. They were people yeah. of similar age with similar yeah. interests because <clears throat> that's what's piqued your interest. So often we know mostly about that. Excuse me. <clears throat> Give me All good. <laughs> Um, and then I went into the older adults. I did GPXO's referral course. And to be honest, I think that's one of my favorite groups. Okay. Um, and that's what got my interest into, I suppose, special populations. Mm. Um, the, you know, over 70s, a lot of functional exercise, but still strength training and, and educating them of the importance of that. Yeah. And 
then I went into moving with a few more athletes and people were like, after weightlifting, you're going to go into coaching and coaching athletes. And to be honest, it doesn't interest me. Sure. I would rather coach somebody new and show them the joy of a dumbbell snatch and that they can dumbbell clean and press mm. and show them why that helps them when they're lugging stuff in the garden yeah. and be training athletes there. And, and that would not have been the case maybe 20 years ago. So I would say try everything and let people will tell you, you know, you're really good with that group. And that was, yeah. and you'll see where you get the most success. Yes. The people I am rubbish at are the people that maybe just want to lose a bit of weight. And that's it. Yes. Just, you know, I can get them strong. I can get them fitter. Um, but complete body transformations, just, I think it's because that's not where my heart is. You know, mm. looking a mm. certain way for exercise isn't really my jam. Mm. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. I stay away from that and refer them on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel the same. It's um, if it's not challenging the gray stuff, you know, if there aren't a few things that you've got to work on as well as sort of the the, the general movements, uh, it's not it's not challenging your own, I guess, uh, you know, skills and knowledge and 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 pushing you to to be better. Yeah. When it's, when it's a real plain vanilla type, you know, uh, client. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's also where your values are. For mm. me, um. I like to exercise so that my body can do really cool stuff. I really like it if my body can do stuff that other people uh, that are sort of like me can't do. You know, it's the show off. You don't you don't do stand on a stage, Commonwealth Games and all that stuff. If yeah. You're not a little bit of a show off. Um, <laughs> so I quite like that. And it looks a certain way because of the training I do I don't yeah. train to look a certain way yeah. Yeah. and when I was weightlifting my legs were twice as the size I had big traps um yeah. smaller ways when I go I've started running um everything leans down and the body shape just changes based on the training mm. and so mm. to train somebody that just wants to look a certain way mm. it's just not where my passion is it's not the purpose of exercise in my eyes it doesn't mean yeah. I think it's wrong just I can't get excited by it and if sure. I'm not excited they're gonna not have much success so yeah, yeah yeah I guess you you must do a bit of screening uh up front with um with inquiries to make sure that there's that good fit then when it when it's quite important to you yeah I do I have a, a good um probably a good 20 minutes on the phone and I guess I just start, tell me what you're looking for and mm. I'll listen and tell you if I think I can help and how. And yeah. I'll pretty much listen and give them a bit of a roadmap and say, well, if we start training, here's what I think I could do to help. These skills will help with this. Um, I'm not really very specialized in that bit. I can offer this amount of advice, but if you want more, we might need to look at some help. Here's what we could do. And just kind of address the things that are looking for and be really open about these are the bits you'll get. These are the bits that I'll probably, you know, fall a bit short on. And and where do you want to go? And people yeah. are like, no, that sounds great. Um, mm, mm. That's good. I think it's being really honest as well, rather than trying to, you know, grab everybody that's available. There's enough for everyone to go around, isn't there? It's just about being honest and staying in your the lane that you're most interested in. Yeah. And then you have more success through it. And, yeah. and most of the time in those conversations, people... Um, will book and just get really excited because they can see that the roadmap ahead mm, 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 absolutely um it's good i like that it's, it's important to to do i think one of the things that i found when you know sort of finding that sweet spot in terms of clients was my energy levels during and after the session you uh, know some yeah. some sessions you'd just be fizzing afterwards and some you'd just be flat yeah and like and then when you reflect it's like oh, actually i think i prefer working with these people than these people you know and so 
that directs your attention to to keep doing that thing yeah that's true yeah. and I think as your skills change and your life stage changes you know now I've had two kids I find a lot of mums want to come and train with me yeah. um yeah. before um well even while I was having kids it used to be when I got to a certain age I would get a lot of um uh, older guys that wanted to do strength training but didn't want to be taught by somebody that was an 18 year old man that yeah. just looked yeah because it just intimidated them whereas mm. it was a bit easier they knew I knew my stuff because of the weightlifting background so at one point that was about 80 percent of my client base then mm. it changed to uh sort of women 50 to 60 going through menopause yeah. then it was pregnant so it sort of goes mm. through a few cycles actually mm, mm. yeah it does I um I chatted to a chiropractor in a previous episode which will be coming out this week I think and the purpose of that was to sort of talk about this connection between, you know, PT and all the allied health professionals out there. Yeah. Sounds like you've kind of got that one sus that you talked about the GP referral program. Is that something you still do? Um, I, I make it known to the GPs in the area that I'm there. It was yeah. more something I did in the UK. Oh, okay. um, so it's a specific course called GP yeah. exercise referrals. It was a massive right. course, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, the exam was you had to do a 16 week case study. You had to do an interview uh, with them afterwards, like an oral exam, right. all written papers, a multiple choice. Like there was just <laughs> so much to it. Yeah. Um, so then the doctors would refer, it would be, it was government funded and you okay. would have to do an assessments and then report back yeah. um, because it was subsidized. Yeah. So here it just means that I can work with people with medical issues yeah. and still follow that same protocol. But I do make contact with physios in the area um so I've been to along there's a really lovely guy up the road who one of my clients went to and she's a chatty chatty one yeah. so he says well tell her to pop me a message and he invited me in I observed him with two sessions cool. um cool. I've been to him myself so I know I can mm. refer to him and he passes on as well mm. um I've got a few people that have been to the same surgeon so I've made contact with him and said hey I think we know a lot of the same people yeah I'm here if you've got any questions and, and if you see, uh, I always say to them, if you see anything in my programming that is red flags, please pick me up on it, yeah. pop me a message and, and we'll make some adjustments so that we're working mm. together and mm. um, just Smart. make it a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 And it's good. To, it's, it's obviously good to build those relationships. You know, it's all part of an ecosystem that our clients live in, isn't it? And um, if we can have a good, good connection with each other then it just makes it more seamless for the client and obviously puts them at the, the heart of the whole process I also find that as well um it helps you understand what they're trying to do so mm. I can't give physio exercises but I can give strength training that supports that and often when a client comes they'll say oh yeah she said there was something going on with my shoulder and I need to do a little bit of external road or you know whatever yeah. they would use their own name for it yeah, yeah. um and I'm like, okay, they told you anything not. And it's sometimes quite tricky to get exactly what you need from your client. And, mm. and if you're able to, I always would copy the client in, say, you know, can I email your physio and just ask for that diagnosis and yeah. ask her what we should do and what we should avoid. And, and then you're really mm. a lot more focused, a lot clearer on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. It makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So... You've already dropped a few good um, knowledge bombs and some some useful tips in there already. But are there any others that sort of you you kind of live by or have have experienced and gone out? Uh, yep, not going to do that one again. What would your top tips be? Um, oh, I don't know really. <laughs> I, 
it's funny I've always I always was previously really ambitious and now um I'm kind of just enjoying being exactly where I am and not burning out at the moment yes. and um making time to do what I'm trying to teach people to do as well so I kept so I think one of the things when you're running your own business is you often get all the shit and not the good stuff unless <laughs> you allow yourself the good stuff so I purposely do things like go for a run yep. during work time yeah. um because that should be one of the luxuries or book you know my hair appointment during yep. work time otherwise you're having to work both ends of the mm. day with all the rubbish bits of having mm. your own business where you're, you're constantly on your mind what can I do to improve without the good stuff of True. being able to take time out mm -hmm. but what I realized things like social media stuff is I can throw out lots of information about you should be doing this and here's a tip on this but actually what people are most interested in is what do I do when uh, do I ever let my hair down how fast do I go when I'm running do I ever spend a day in my slippers and not get dressed in my pjs you know yep. people seem to, and I was like but that doesn't really help you and they're like doesn't matter I quite like to know that though. <laughs> so I just started you know every time I do a trading session take a quick pick and show them and yeah. I did that and one lady messaged me and said I've just seen that and it made me want to go and do my workout so I've just gone and done it and I was oh like, brilliant that worked. Perfect. That's great. Better so I guess than... I started just relaxing a bit more into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, rather than worrying about what I should do and just do the things that I enjoy and anything I don't enjoy, I've started to just palm off onto other people. <laughs> Gosh, it sounds awful, isn't it? You caught me on a Monday. <laughs> That's okay. But I think you're right because, you know, it's all about playing to your strengths, isn't it? You know, if you spend a lot of your week doing the stuff you don't enjoy, they're not going to be great weeks. So if you can get to the point where, you you know, you have a virtual assistant or you've got, you know, your accountant doing more things or whatever it may be, there's a, there's a little bit of outlay for a whole lot of time and mental yeah. space that's um, it's going to put you in a better state, I reckon. Yeah. The hard part is trying to get there and justify that extra expense to you. Yeah. And I think it's coming up with a strategy that you're comfortable with. Mm. Um, so I guess my tip would be would be to think about, you know, where would my ideal week be? And yes. for me, it's to have my Monday off to do admin. So if I want a three-day weekend, I can. Yeah. Um, and, and to book in things like this without worrying about how it's it's gonna slot in. Yeah. Um, you know, have have these certain number of clients, enough time for programming and mm. work. So picture that week mm. uh, and then work out your stages to get to there. You know, how many PT clients do I need to have in order to be able to afford that extra help? Um, yeah, yeah. I also make sure that I learn everything myself as well. I did do some of my own accounts so that when my account's talking to me, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. All the jobs my VA does, I've done. And when she yeah. gets a new one, I'm always just get a little bit involved initially so mm. that if she wasn't mm. there, I kind of feel like I could still stand on my own two feet. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you've got to know the operations before you delegate the operations. And yeah, you're right. Totally. Yeah. I think that's really good. I think, you know, you, you've you've covered a hell of a lot there and, you know, keeping that balance for yourself and and relaxing into it. I quite like that. I think I need a bit more of that myself. So um... we always worry, I think. Um, social mm. media done amazing things for connecting PTs. I love watching some of them. And then other times, and I'll be honest, and I, I that 
I will look at them and be like, oh shit, I should be doing that. And I should be doing that. I don't know if any of the other PTs watching this get this and you get this funny feeling in your body. Mm. And I think when I see that, I switch it off because you can only do so much. Yeah. Yes, yeah. a reel is great. And I could run weekend courses like someone else, write a course, um, mm. do a class, but we can't do everything. Mm. So like you said, which one's fill you with energy and go well mm. that's what I do mm. and I enjoy it and that's cool yeah 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 absolutely right absolutely right well I think um I think we've probably gone further than time on time than I thought we were going to do so mm. uh, I should probably let you go and carry on with your admin <laughs> and go and enjoy your run and a relaxed photo doing something something <laughs> fun <laughs> and um and thank you for your time it's been really great catching up and, and picking your brains my pleasure my pleasure oh i've just pushed a button on my computer there we go all right thanks kate speak soon speak soon bye thanks for listening to this episode of the pt graduate if you enjoyed the episode please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button and i'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too Cheers for now.